0: fastgrowingtrees.com code pool. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Make sure to go to timcast.com Click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from Timcast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Okay, we got an interesting one here. I've been out for this past weekend. We had a three-day weekend with Memorial Day, so I hope you all had a great weekend. But the story here is that several Target stores received bomb threats from angry LGBTQ allies. Now The reason this story is uh, I'm I'm following up on this, even though the weekend is long over is uh, one, it is a really big story pertaining to what's going on with Target. They've lost billions of dollars. And if you were holding stock in Target and Bud Light, you've lost a lot of money. But TimCast.com has been directly implicated in what I will tell you outright is some kind of hoax, but we don't know why or how or what the plan is. I'm going to break down for you the conspiracy because, well, maybe it's not a conspiracy because it could have been perpetrated by one person. But the story goes like this. Several locations in Utah, I believe several locations were evacuated. Target locations in Utah, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, spanning the greater Cleveland, Salt Lake City, and Pittsburgh areas, reportedly received correspondence Friday, threatening to blow up several sites. And all the emails sent referenced the Pride Month display controversy. Now, the emails have been widely reported, so I'm going to show them to you. Here's the initial story. We have TMZ outright saying it was a hoax. It is. But what kind of hoax perpetrated by who and for what purpose? We don't know. And I can only speculate. I can debunk a portion of this. And I'm going to this is interesting. This looks to be not I I don't want to say that this attack is extremely sophisticated, But there is some interesting sophistication involved in this hoax, threat, attack, whatever you want to call it, that I can break down for you. We have this story initially from Cleveland 19 News. They say Cleveland 19 News receives bomb threat against five targets as store face LGBTQ plus controversy. Cleveland 19 was hoaxed with. Uh, it tricked into publishing an email without reaching out to us as far as I can tell in any capacity. Uh, I could be wrong, but uh, our email address is listed on the threat. So let me show you the story. They say Cleveland 19 News received a bomb threat Friday afternoon against five Target stores in the area. The threat received at 1226 p.m. via email centered around Target's LGBTQ plus merchandise. Immediately jumping to action, our staff made reports with each local police department, as well as the Cleveland division of the FBI. The email below says it's from an Alsan Akhmedov, an individual who is pro-LGBT, angry with Target for backing down and pulling pride displays in support of the far right. It says the email was sent to... Members at timcast.com, I can confirm we never received this email. It is fake. Now, that doesn't mean that the Cleveland 19 News did not receive it, but something doesn't quite make sense. I don't know how they received an email that was sent to us that we never got, unless, of course, someone took a screenshot and sent the screenshot to this news organization, never sent it to us. The news organization published it without critical thinking or reaching out to us to confirm if the email was in fact real. But I digress. I suppose if you receive the email, it doesn't matter who it's being sent to, you're going to want to report it. I don't want to say too much as to what we, look, I'll, I'll tell you this. I do think it's somewhat inappropriate for Cleveland 19 News to talk about what they're doing with the FBI and all this stuff. I'll just say that we are taking action based on the information we received. And I'm not going to say much as I don't want to interfere in whatever it is law enforcement may be doing, except for the fact that uh, I will talk about what's in the public sphere and what I can't comment on. The email in question says it was sent. I want to stress this point to members at TimCast.com. We did not receive this email. I want to make that clear for you. However, we did receive something interesting and somewhat similar, but not this one. I don't want to say too much again because of potential investigations. The email that we received also included in its two section another prominent individual in the in the culture war space. I am not going to say who they are because I believe what may be happening is a spoof email being sent to one address with a different address, a spoofing technique so that it forces several high profile individuals to ramp the story up. This is relatively sophisticated. So the question is, who did it and why? Is it a leftist trying to genuinely express their outrage and maximize press coverage? Perhaps. Is it not really a leftist, but perhaps someone on the right who's trying to smear the far left as extremists and terrorists? And that one doesn't make sense to me either. You know, I initially thought that may be the case, but you don't need to do that to the left. Like, what's the what's the point? It's like Antifa can go around firebombing buildings. This doesn't do anything to change anything in the media narrative. I do not understand what the ultimate goal was, but I can only say the simple solution is a leftist got mad and sent threats. That's it. I can speculate beyond that, but all we can really say for now is that it appears an ally of the LGBTQ plus community used a slightly above average, you know, like, like slightly more, I saying slightly, slightly more sophisticated email uh, 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 threat technique to maximize press coverage. If we are to remove all assumption or to, to uh, I'm sorry, if we are to remove um, our speculation, the simple solution is A leftist sent threats to several media personalities and activists and used a spoofing technique to try and maximize press coverage. And that worked. That's it. However, beyond that, I don't understand why someone on the left would do something like this. So so brazen and obvious, except, of course, the obvious. The average person is engaging in an attack like this. They're not smart people. You wonder why it is that uh, these people who perpetrate mass tragedies do so on these 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 targets of seemingly little consequence. It's like if you were really mad about something, why would you do it here? Well, because they're crazy. Like the, the people who do this kind of stuff, who make bomb threats, who SWAT are unwell. That's just it. They are not well in the head. So why would they do this? Well, they're not thinking straight. They're angry. They're targeting a a a, a, a organization and you know what? I said on Twitter. I think I might have it pulled up. I'm not sure. I said, uh, "Here we go." Timcast.com never received this email, and I have no idea how they got this screenshot. We did receive something similar, but not this one, which is odd. I believe it's a hoax intended to smear the left. I'll tell you, I'm in. Uh, uh, I'm I'm not at home. We're out for Memorial Day weekend. Where was I at the time? I was at. Uh, uh, I was in a poker room. Surprise, surprise. Hanging out when I get a text asking me if this is real. And I look at it and I'm like, what? An email sent to TimCast.com? So I immediately reach out to everybody. Nobody's nobody's available because it's Memorial Day weekend and everyone's got, you know, the weekend off. But uh, within a few minutes, we, you know, we, we, we start checking and start looking around and sure enough, it doesn't exist. The question is, how did they do this? They made an email, sent it to Cleveland 19, but made sure that it said our name. Because they wanted me to make a video about it and make sure everybody heard it. Well, don't do it on a Friday. Well, Friday's were the day where news goes to die. It came in at 12 26 p.m., they claim. We have security filters and things like that because we've been swatted so much. So these things, they mean nothing to us. And it wasn't until I saw this, and I saw this uh, the next day, because uh, we were here on Friday, did I actually get a chance to respond to it. They say it was not immediately known if the threats were legitimate. Look, The threats are the attack. Okay. Don't overthink it. They, they, they of course are not going to be able to go to a series of target locations and engage in whatever it is they're claiming they're doing. We were swatted fifteen times plus we had some similar incidents, bomb threats, and things like that here. Of course, they have no access to this building. Of course, they can't do it. The, the The reason they do it is to disrupt. The threat itself is the attack. So what did we end up seeing? We saw these stores were evacuated. I think uh, we have this right here. Leighton Target evacuated after bomb threats reported at multiple Utah stores. That was the purpose. You're shopping in Target and all of a sudden you're getting evacuated. You want to find out why. The simple explanation is that a leftist threatened the store. Now, at first I said on Twitter that I believed it was a hoax intended to smear the left. That was me without being able to read the story or know what was going on. I think there is a decent probability that is true. Someone made this email. I'm like, I'm looking at this. I'm like, what? They want me to talk about it. and They want me to claim it was the left. Well, here's what I can say. If you were to ask me, I would say that there is a decent probability, maybe around a third, uh, uh, 30%. This is not a leftist, but someone who is anti-leftist. I don't know to which political faction they may be. It doesn't inherently uh, mean uh, conservative or anything. It could, it could be a variety of individuals. It could be religious. It could be not religious. Um, strong possibility this is intended to smear the left and make them look crazy. However, as we then analyze the situation, as I'm reading more about what happened, and when we, when we look at what we received and whose names were listed on that,
1: free quote by visiting CarShield online at CarShield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to CarShield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today.
0: I now actually don't think that is the greatest probability. Although I think there is a decent probability, I believe the plurality falls with a leftist just did this. Uh, And the reason for it is Occam's razor. In the absence of evidence, the answer that makes the least amount of assumptions tends to be correct. And what can we say? Decently sophisticated, but not really spoofing attack to target a bunch of uh, target locations after target had just announced they were backing off. Well, why would the right target target if target was saying we're pulling back? That's why I say it's about 30%. Target still has many of these displays, despite the fact that they've publicly announced they're pulling a lot of this pride stuff that would give conservatives, people on the right, anti-LGBTQ individuals, more far-right individuals, incentive to cheer for Target, not to target Target. I mean, what a stupid name. Why go after someone who's doing what you want them to do? That doesn't make sense. What does make more sense is that someone on the left spoofed these emails to trigger a high profile response. To terrorize target because they often use tactics like this. As it is, if you go to Berkeley, if you go to uh, other areas in California, if you go to Portland, Oregon, you will see in the windows of a stat of businesses, "Please don't hurt us." Posted this on Instagram. Actually, let me pull this up for you. It was somewhat tongue in cheek, but it is uh, actually still true and correct. Let me uh, pop over to Instagram and uh, and grab this image, which many of you may have seen. This image right here is a store that says, single mother owned, please show mercy, this is all I have. Why would people put messages like this in their storefront? It's because the far left goes around smashing up buildings and terrorizing and threatening people. This lines up more with them their MO than anything else. Now, TMZ says it was deemed a hoax. But what they mean by that is that no bombs were actually planted. These emails were a hoax intended to scare and startle. Okay. What's the end result? The end result of these attacks are that several of these stores were evacuated, and it probably cost them a decent amount of money. Many regular people who are there are probably asking what just happened, and then they find out later in the news that an LGBTQ ally threatened more than just these locations in states across the country. This is, this is decently sophisticated. I say decently because it's not like the most I've ever seen. It's not like a state level, you know, high profile thing. Those things you wouldn't even know if they were hoax. I mean, that's, that's where you get crazy. Maybe maybe Antifa could be a psyop. Who knows? But this is targeting multiple states, multiple addresses. Somebody put work into this. So what can I say? The CEO comes out and says, we're pulling back a bunch of our pride things, but don't worry if we support you. I called that last week a spit in the face being spat on. They're going to you and saying, we support you. Of course we do. We're just pulling this merchandise off the shelves and hiding it in the back. That is insulting as insulting gets. So the motivation in the simple solution, we can get conspiratorial all day. And I think it's fine to say there's a decent probability this was actually a false flag to smear the LGBTQ community. But I got to say, the simple solution would be what the email states, plain and simple. They're LGBTQ allies. They're offended they did this. They were spat on. They say, you're cowards. And we want to make sure everyone knows this is what we do. I've not been swatted by the right, as far as we know. All the threats we received come from the left. And there's information we have about where they may be coming from that we've uh, relayed to law enforcement, Surprise, nothing's happened, that indicate it probably did come from the left. Considering that, considering that when it came to the attacks on us, we actually have reason to believe it literally was leftists. Um based on what I would call a coloring the water scenario where certain information that came out could have only come from our t- particular source. It stands to reason the left was swatting us. In this instance, following a very similar MO, probably is leftist, but I don't know. I don't know. I do think there may be like a 30% chance that it was intended to false flag and smear the left, but it's probably greater than 50% that it was actually, uh, I I would put it at maybe like, let's do this. 60 some odd percent, maybe 65% chance, maybe 68% chance. I think it was left maybe like 31% or 32 or 31.9. I do think there's like a teeny possibility. It was intelligence, meaning government actor, I open the door to that possibility, though I have no evidence to suggest it's true. It's just speculative, but it could even be foreign intelligence. I'm not saying the United States. Uh, it, it could be intended to sow division in the U.S. to create ca- chaos and disrupt our economy, especially as we're getting news right now that Russia, Moscow was just hit by Ukrainian drones. We'll get more into that later. Picking this, uh, this story up because it directly involves us. So again, I don't know. I really, really don't. I'm going to have to ask you what you think. You can comment below. But we do know this. Target Bud Light investors lose billions on marketing misses. Target and Anheuser-Busch have lost a combined $28 billion in market value. Something big is happening. And I don't see why the right would do something like this when they're already winning. I mean, look, I just I just I'm trying to piece this all together to figure out what makes the most sense. And so this weekend, when I see this, I'm like, BS, who would do this? A bunch of leftists were like, it's very honest of you, Tim, very honest of you. When I said that, I think they were trying to smear the left. Because to, to, to stand up so defiantly and be like, yes, it was I, the leftist who did this. It's kind of like, OK, you realize that'll only make you look bad. But then I think about Antifa going around smashing windows and BLM doing the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, they do that. Th- that they literally do. And I'm like, OK, well, I don't want to make assumptions. And then I thought about this story which uh when I when I began digging into it and I'm like Target and Bud Light have lost a combined 28 billion dollars in market value. The right has the moral high ground. Why give it up? They wouldn't. However, the argument could be made that the the, the 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 smearing of the left is intended to continually push the right's high ground, but I don't think it does. All it does is just put a bigger target on these on these uh, organizations. And I don't know if it accomplishes anything in terms of market value, right wing boycott, like the right's not going to double down on their boycott because the left is threatening them. What does this really accomplish? Scares target employees. Okay, does that help the right in any way? Not really. I mean, the threats were demanding they put the pride stuff back. If anything, it hurts the right wing position because You will have target employees being scared, being like, please just put it back up. They're threatening violence, in which case the right is hindered by this, which is why I pull back a little bit and say, "Okay, this this seems to be more like the left actually trying to pull this off, actually trying to threaten and terrorize employees who are refusing to support the LGBTQ community because that's the MO of the left. Man, it's tough. That's all I can say. It's tough. You tell me. They say over at Fox Business, recent high profile and controversial marketing decisions by Target and Bud Light are backfiring and burning shareholders in the process to the tune of a combined $28 billion. These are both cases where brands have gotten in the middle of some really controversial issues, said Timothy Calkins, associate chair of the marketing department at Northwestern Kellogg, in an interview with Fox Business. I think we'll see more brands be very cautious about getting into the middle of some of these really controversial issues. Bud Light's gifting uh, transgender activist Don Mulvaney, we know at this point exactly what happened, resulted in a $19 billion drop. Look at that. Wow. 14% amid nationwide boycotts, and it's resulted in what is being called the Bud Light effect. Target said they were fearing a Bud Light situation, so they panicked and pulled back. I think it makes sense. The left doesn't have market power. The left isn't going to be able to rally investors to buy into Target, right? So what can you do? If you're a low-tier, low-intelligence individual, you have very little money, but you do have the ability to send emails, and you're looking at $28 billion dropping off, you know market incentives are against you, and there's nothing you can do financially to get people to buy back in to this company. So what can you do? If you go to Target and say, you know, you better put that LGBT stuff back or you'll lose money. They'll say we were losing money because of it. There's only one thing that counters a fear of a loss of money, and that's a fear of violence. So again, that's why I look at this and I'm like, I think the goal is to bolster the the left, right? Take a look at this from the New York Post. Target gave $2.1 million to LGBTQ group that urges schools to hide kids' gender transitions from parents. Target is very much in the pro-LGBTQ camp. They're losing money now because of it. The left, like the far leftists, they use violence and terror to push people into doing what they want. How many people are scared of getting canceled? There was a poll done recently, we talked about this on IRL, that showed like the majority of people were terrified that something they said would come up and resurface and their life would be destroyed. The fear of social ostracizing Or violence is the motivating uh, power of the left, which makes this all seemingly obvious. Now, the email we received was sent to a high profile individual I'm not going to name. I believe the intent was for us to publish the email, just like Cleveland uh, 19 did, which would then the screenshot show their email, forcing them to make a statement, creating a cascade effect of high profile individuals all making statements, bolstering the reach of the story, saying If you do not do as we want, we will do bad things, is what they were saying in the email. Don't know. You let me know what you think. Interesting story, nonetheless. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Civilian areas in Moscow were intentionally and directly targeted in some kind of military operation. Vladimir Putin says that this was the Kiev regime. It was clearly terrorist activity. They used Russian air defense to take out some of these drones. I believe the number may be around a dozen so far, but it looks like war has come to the doorstep of Vladimir Putin. And since the attack on Belgorod, it seems like things are ramping up in Russia. This could be World War Three, but there are a lot of finer details that admittedly go well beyond me. What I can tell you is that the official corporate line appears to be Russia was attacked, but Kiev was heavily slammed. The propaganda is rising. And the question is, who perpetrated this attack? We don't know. Vladimir Putin clearly says that it was Kiev. But of course, I even tweeted this out a little while ago. I think last week, Vladimir Putin would need a substantial false flag attack to rally the people of Russia into a full scale war against Ukraine, which it may be, depending on who you ask. Now, Vladimir Putin and the Russian establishment had been saying this is a special military operation for some time. They didn't want to call it a war. At least it's the narrative we are being given. But we know that there are lies across the board from our side, which is the West, whether you agree with them or not. There's Western forces at play and Eastern forces at play. And it may be that. Have um you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. That's eight, seven, seven, six, four, six, five, three, four, seven. You're being fed direct misinformation intentionally so that you will rally to the Ukrainian side. So we don't know. We don't. It's the fog of war. And that will always be the case because there is good reason for every faction to lie about what they're really doing. So it could be that Vladimir Putin staged these drone strikes on his own residential elite areas. But it could be that Kiev targeted these areas specifically so that the establishment elites of Russia would say, Putin, enough, back off. Nobody wants to live this way. And by targeting the people who have the most to lose from this, it would seem the likely culprit is Kiev. If Vladimir Putin was going to stage a false flag attack, I'd imagine he'd target lower class civilian population so that people feel unsafe and would rally behind him. Pressuring the elites to agree with him. But by targeting elites, these are the people who are going to go to Putin and say, we just want to be rich. We want to be, we want to live comfortably. We don't want war. Stop. Because regular people probably aren't going to side with the, with the powerful establishment elites. These were wealthy individuals who are targeted as a wealthier neighborhood. I would say, based on what we've seen so far, it seems like this was an attack on Russia from Kiev, an attempt to push the fight into their territory to weaken their, their their attacks on Ukraine. But let's read the news. I want, to show, I want to show you what appears to be the official narrative line that's descending. Because the way I would report this is uh, much like NBC News has done. Drones strike Moscow in first attack on Russian capital's residential areas since Ukraine war began. I chose this headline because it's the most straightforward in telling you what happened. Now, I'm seeing tons of headlines across the board that are actually saying things like Drones hit Moscow, major strike on Kiev, you know, Ukrainian people scramble and blah, 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 making it reframe the story back onto the people of Ukraine. That seems to be the narrative they want. My friends, let me say this before we start, as we start. If this really was Kiev striking elite areas of Moscow to destabilize their political class and their government, I believe we are inching ever closer to full scale World War III Direct NATO involvement as opposed to the indirect involvement we're seeing now, and potentially the use of nuclear weapons, which are already said to be on their way to Belarus. We'll see. Vladimir Putin has already warned that if Russia faces an existential threat, they will use nukes. And he used some metaphors as we will use every asset available, and we all know what that is meant to imply. NBC News reports. Moscow was hit by drones Tuesday morning in what appeared to be the first attack on residential areas of the Russian capital since the invasion of Ukraine. It comes weeks after an alleged drone attack on the Kremlin itself and following days of deadly Russian bombardment against civilians in Kiev, as events far from the front lines take the spotlight ahead of Ukraine's planned counteroffensive. Tuesday's incident caused damage to some buildings in Moscow and forced residents to evacuate homes officials said that the Kremlin largely shrugged off the dramatic display that its war was increasingly coming home. Russian President Vladimir, Vladimir Putin said the attack sought to intimidate the public and commended the work of the capital's air defense. The Russian defense ministry said in a statement Tuesday night that eight unmanned aerial vehicles were involved in the strikes. All drones were destroyed, it added, with three losing control after being jammed And the other five shot down by anti-aircraft systems. Now, I really do have to question the idea of jamming drones. Bro, it's not 10 years ago. It's not 2013. In the early days of drone technology development, uh, just so you know, I was on the front line of this. We were using commercial quadcopter drones for live broadcasting, hacking into these systems to transmit video feeds live over the internet from these drones, something that had not been done before. We successfully used them, and I believe about like two occasions during Occupy Wall Street to film some of the lesser events. We wanted to steer clear of large groups of people as we were testing this stuff out. I warned. Uh, I ended up getting involved in the initial uh, when they were when they were doing trials on drone testing and trying to figure out what are the limitations and what do we need to be be worried about. I was on several calls with universities who had been working with the government on on how we proper, properly plan for the use of widespread commercial drones. And one of the first things I said was warfare, be warned. It's not even this. I warned that you will see quadcopter drones, fixed wing drones, undersea drones, a lot harder to do because they have to remain at the surface for, uh, for data transmission because underwater, the signal is not going to come through without a direct line. And I said, look, sooner or later. You are going to see weaponized drones, and I mean soon, and you will not be able to stop them. Now, the argument was made by many people that you could jam drones, and that may have been the case in 2013, that they required a direct signal to control them, and without it, they kind of just aimlessly milled about or landed. Yeah, we've been long past that since 2013. GPS availability in drones allow for them to have pre-programmed flight controls. So I'm curious as to what they mean by jamming them. Are you kidding? They say they, they, three lost controls are being jammed? That doesn't sound real. Now, to anybody who doesn't know anything about drone tech, they might say, oh, wow. But for me, I read that and I'm like, what? How? Even back in the day, the drones we had, you could pre-program GPS flight paths. So you, you, you'd boot it up. It has a GPS. Theoretically. You could jam their GPS signal. However, when we're talking about even if it's insurgency, Vladimir Putin saying this is terrorist activity, even at the low level, jamming GPS signal did not mean anything. It's pre-programmed. It's inside. It does not need to connect to GPS and relay information. Once the map was already downloaded, it calculates how fast am I going? What is my altitude? Therefore, I know where I am. The drone's saying this, I'm I'm, I'm pointing out. Basically, you know, when you pull up your phone and it connects to GPS and it shows you moving around, if you disconnect from GPS, the dot goes gray. But the map data is still there. And the drones can still calculate where they are based on how fast they're moving relative to how fast they were moving. The moment they get a signal, they calculate speed. They jamming them. I don't know. It just seems weird. But to be fair, to be fair, we may be dealing with low sophistication. We're talking about people in Ukraine being like, strap them up, send them in the air and fly them forward. And so they don't necessarily have the capabilities. But in my view, if we're dealing with war and it's an issue of maybe like a few minutes of preloading a program, I just don't understand how this makes sense, which which is to say maybe false flag. The ministry blamed Ukraine for what it called a terrorist attack. Ukrainian presidential advisor. Mikhailo Podolyak, Podolyak said in an interview that his country had nothing to do, nothing directly to do with the drone attacks on, attacks on Moscow, but was pleased to observe and predict an increase in the number of attacks. You see, this is the stuff I can't jive with, man. Yo, these were civilian targets. We've got videos. Let me see if I can pull up. Uh, what do we have here? Take a look at this video. This is just uh, uh, there's, there's no injury. There's nothing catastrophic. It's just a video of air defense. So I'll play this now. So that sound you heard was Russian air defense firing at drones, which they say was from a Ukrainian attack. We have this video. Dmitry. War translated tweets. Putin got out of his bunker to say that Moscow Air Defense operated satisfyingly, stopping the drone attack this morning. Though areas of improvement remain, when it comes to Russia's richest people's houses, it was important for Putin to make a statement and reassure them. He also didn't miss the opportunity to mention Ukraine Ukrainian nuclear weapons, and even said that Ukraine launched a terror campaign against its own civilians, preventing them from speaking publicly. Here's the challenge, my friends. I can read NBC News. But we are weeks, months, or a year or less away from these videos just being deep faked. I don't speak Russian. I don't know that what Putin is saying he's actually saying. All I can do is cross-reference what he's saying with other news outlets who have allegedly done the same thing. Yeah, I know. We could get someone to speak Russian and then tell us, and then we have to trust that person. It's better than nothing. For the time being, I cross-referenced this video with numerous reports and the statements apparently made. And it appears to be that's what the media may be relying on for these statements. So I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know. Now, I want to show you the media lines and how the media is playing this. Uh, Daily Mail, of course, is very pro war in Ukraine. We saw a video recently. I I think people are very upset because uh, RFK Jr. came out in support of Ukraine favoring the war. Take a look at this Daily Mail article. Ramblings of a madman deluded Putin and his cronies accuse Ukraine of, quote, increasingly reckless behavior and terrorism after drone attacks near wealthy Moscow region, despite despots war killing thousands of innocent people. This is the headline you will see when you pull it up as of the filming of this video. And here's the archive. Or I'm sorry, that's not the archive. Do I have the archive here? Here's the archive. War comes to Putin's doorstep. Wealthy Moscow region is hit by kamikaze drones with blasts with an earshot of Vladimir's official residence in revenge for attacks on Ukrainian capital. Very interesting shift in your headline, Daily Mail. But I'm not surprised we are seeing something similar across the board. AP, uh, the AP headline says Russia says drones lightly damage Moscow buildings before dawn while Ukraine's capital bombarded. This looks like they're trying to reframe what we're talking about is between eight and 12 drone attacks on civilian targets. I think that's the way to frame it. That's the that's the that's the important way to frame it. NBC News, of course, as I chose, is drone strikes Moscow in first attack on Russia's capital's residential areas. I think that's a fair headline. Residential targets. We have this uh, from Yahoo News. Putin responds after Moscow hit with drone attack. And, and this, of course, where they mention the quote, this is clearly a sign of terrorist activity, seemingly corroborating the video we saw earlier. And we're trying to figure out what's going on. That's the important thing. I think it's important to also point out the media may be lying and manipulating you, and we don't know for sure. NPR says Russia reports several drone strikes on Moscow buildings as Kiev is attacked again. Notice they even try fi- framing it as Kiev is attacked again. It's war. And there's one thing that I think we can take away from this. One, civilians are being targeted in Russia. Vladimir Putin claimed in that statement that they are only targeting military and intelligence targets. They are targeting war. I don't believe him. That doesn't necessarily make sense. When it comes to war, civilian infrastructure very much matters. And that's where scorched earth strategies come from. Oh, let's break this down. Sherman's March to the sea. It's not the advent, but it's it's around the time we started seeing the modern usage of scorched earth. In the Civil War, Sherman marched to the south and destroyed everything, setting fire to fields and homes, residential uh, areas, civilians. It didn't matter. Why? Who feeds an army? Who funds an army? And that is when it, co- when it comes to reckless disregard, when it comes to reckless abandon, when it comes to we will win at all costs. Of course, civilian targets are part of war. This is the crazy thing that I think people need to understand. This idea of war crimes is silly nonsense. It's funny when I hear people say like, he Vladimir Putin has committed war crimes. Ain't nobody going to try you for a crime if there ain't nobody to try for the crime, right? Take a look at policing in the United States. They say these people are committing crimes, but the cops won't arrest them. The courts won't prosecute and the jails won't hold them. So does it matter at all? When it comes to Vladimir Putin, war, war crimes, whatever you want to call it, is attacking civilians in a residential area a war crime? It's meaningless. If Russia wins, then no one's going to bat an eye over quote-unquote war crimes. They won. The purpose of the war is absolute victory. Now You may settle for compromise and a treaty or an armistice or something. But when it comes to warfare, two sides willing to kill each other to gain control of someone, something, some resource, some territory, they don't care what you accuse them of doing. So, of course, one side will always accuse the other of being war criminals. And they'll say, sure if it comes down to a World War III, and Vladimir Putin is the one who wins, history won't record war crimes. It will record a valiant and noble effort on the part of the heroes. History is written by the victors. Now, in this day and age, it's a little bit different. They try to censor, they try to control, but information technology makes it easier than ever to share things, which is where the AI stuff starts getting really scary. What if there were no drone strikes? Why do we believe there were? Well, there are reporters on the ground saying it happened, corroborated by numerous people, videos and photos we can see here in this photo, shows part of an apartment building which was reportedly damaged by a Ukrainian drone in Moscow. What happens when they start making deep fakes? Remember the ghost of Kiev, the lie? They posted a video of a fighter flying over Kiev, and they said the ghost of Kiev, an ace fighter pilot, took out all these Russians. Lies. What else are they lying about? How about when those leaked documents came out saying that Russia hasn't suffered that many casualties? Why would they? But in the West, it sounds like Russia's Russian soldiers are being crushed and all these videos come out of them losing. Reminds me of this time when I went to Korea. And that's a funny story. There was this museum I went to and they're talking about a great general, a great Korean general fighting the Japanese. And I'm looking at this timeline. It's really funny. It's like the great general defeated the Japanese with 100 ships versus 100 ships. And I'm like, wow, look at that. Then later on, it's like in the second battle, two years later, the Korean vessels miraculously defeated with 30 ships against 100 ships. I'm like, wait a minute. Basically, what it looked like was that to tout their famous general, what they were doing was only highlighting the battles he won. And so maybe out of 50 battles, he lost 40, but they highlighted those 10. That's fair reason to do so. For some reason, for there, there, there was a victory there, and they can explain how he did it. That's the important part to remember. To be fair, though, it's important to remember why you lost certain battles, too. The point is, in Korea, they were like, he's a great general, and here are the great things he did, despite the fact that they mostly lost. I don't know about him. Someone pointed out, like, he actually was super genius or whatever. And he wasn't involved in the losing battles, which he should have been involved in the, in the victories in, in, in more of the other battles, something like that. I don't even remember. This is what you'll see when the war ends. Are they going to put in the history books their failures and defeats? Of course not. They're going to write about the valiant efforts, how they won and pushed back the West. But the story does not end here, my friends. The targeting of residential buildings presents an existential threat to Russia. That's why I think this likely does come from Kiev. Wealthy Russians were targeted. These are the people of means and influence who are now going to go say to the government, stop this now. There's no easy way out. If the wealthy elites who in most countries control things go to Putin or go to anyone else and say, we need to end this, maybe they want a coup. Maybe they petition Putin himself and say, it's time to stop this. We just want to be rich. You think Putin's going to be like, okay, I'll give up? Or do you think he's going to say, the targeting of residents, civilians in our nation's capital is a red line? You now pose an existential threat to Russia for which we will stamp out. There's a lot to wonder. The use of strategic nuclear weapons or nuclear artillery on Ukrainian targets, perhaps the fear that in doing so would trigger a greater escalation in which the West would then retaliate in kind and then Russia would really lose. Or if they use nuclear weapons, would the West then rally the world against Russia to a degree Russia could not handle? Don't look at me. I don't know. All I can tell you is the war has escalated to a very, very dangerous point. And I think we've never been closer to full scale nuclear war. Nay, it may already be happening with the UK deploying u- depleted uranium tank busting shells, which Russia says are nuclear weapons. It doesn't have to be when it comes to nuclear weapons, massive ICBMs. There are many different ways to do it. A dirty bomb, for instance. What if one of these drones carries a dirty bomb, a small bomb that detonates and spreads radioactive materials, contaminating an area and forcing evacuations? What then? We're, on dan- we're entering dangerous territory here. The psychotic behavior of our leaders funding and supporting this war in Ukraine, it's insane. RFK said something like, We support them because we're good people. Yeah, I think we're good people. I don't think the establishment's good people. I don't think Vladimir Putin's a good person. I think it's war. And I think they're marching us down something dangerous. It's a hard gamble. The idea that if you let Vladimir Putin push around the world, And threaten the use of hot war, then why would he stop here? It's a fair point. You gotta call his bluff. But if he ain't bluffing, then the world ends. And is that really the path we want to go down? Are we holding the cards needed? I'm not so sure. Because we keep betting, we keep betting. But Vladimir Putin may just say, okay, look, here's the nuke. And that's the big that's that's the main thing. The question isn't whether or not Putin has the cards. The question is, is he willing to risk it all for them? The scary thing is, I think he is. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. We are now at the two-month point of the Bud Light boycott, and new sales data has just dropped. Newsweek reports Bud Light sales dropped 29.5% in latest week, since boycott calls, ladies and gentlemen, give yourselves a round of applause. The images emerging from Memorial Day were also glorious. Liquor sections and beer sections of stores and liquor stores, Bud Light untouched. Nobody wants to buy it. Now, I must say, I was at, uh, I was at uh, uh, an establishment this past weekend, noticing that most people were drinking Coors Light. One person did have a Bud Light. and I heard a, uh. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. I did see people drinking Michelob and, uh, you know, look, regular people are probably still going to buy Bud Light. Their sales aren't down 100 percent. They're down just about 30 percent. Let's round up. Let's say 30 percent. We round up an estimated 30 percent decline. Target, of course, and Bud Light together have lost now twenty eight billion dollars in market cap. It has been reported. The power of the rights ability to boycott is now being recognized and a shift is occurring in the culture war. With Target, we have another story that I think is very important. Boycott Target rap climbs iTunes charts. Somebody has to stand up for the kids. Rapper Forgiato Blow joined Fox and Friends first amid backlash over Target's LGBTQ pride line. Do You know what this is all about? You want to know why this is getting stronger and working? It's, because, it's not because conservatives are really great at boycotting. They're not. In fact, there's a bunch of outlets now, a bunch of leftists saying like, how is this happening? How is this working? And they're pointing out several good reasons why it may be. But typically, these conservative boycotts don't do anything. But Bud Light was a perfect storm. It was a major story. Kid Rock kicked off that story real big by firing at Bud Light. And then a bunch of people who like Kid Rock don't want to be seen drinking it, so they don't buy any for their friends but something else happened. People got clicks. And that was really it. People started to realize that if you want to be famous, if you want to get traffic, you want to make money, you got to hate Bud Light. Now, this is not everybody. This is not me for the most part. It's not you. We are people of principle. But I'll be the first to admit, when I first covered the Bud Light stories, I've stated several times, I didn't take it all that seriously. I was like, oh, another conservative boycott. And then I got half a million views in like a couple hours. And I was like, whoa, people really care about this. All right, let's follow the story. It makes sense. It's not just about the money. I don't even know how much money I make off a single video because we, we mostly, uh, Tim has mostly operated on memberships. But I'm like, hey, look, man, if you guys think this is it, I'll track the story down. But more importantly, you know what I saw? Opportunity. People cared so much about this. There was a real path towards winning a culture war victory. And I think we did. And then some Bud Light could have apologized right away. Their sales would be fine. Think about how much money they're losing because they won't apologize. 30% is no joke. 30% it's massive. But then something happened after we got involved. Regular people were embarrassed to be seen with it, didn't want to. And then other regular people said, you mean if I post on Instagram that I don't like Bud Light, I'll get a million hits. Bang. Now people who are seeking validation start hopping on. And that's how the left typically played the game. Join the bandwagon, they say. You want to be popular, don't you? You don't want to be on the wrong side of history, do you? Well, now we have taken it. The right side of history is calling out Bud Light or making fun of them, And that's where people are getting hits. Now you got somebody who's got a top iTunes song because of Target. And this is what's happening. If you want to be iTunes number one, hey, Remember when we beat Taylor Swift on iTunes charts? It happened. If you want to be iTunes number one, this is the way to do it. You go write a song and you go work for a major label. You ain't going nowhere, dude. You go independent. You call out the BS. You cheer for the American people. Bang. Straight to the top. Newsweek reports Bud Light has continued to suffer. Declining fortunes as a boycott of the beer brand over its partnership with trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney is reported to have had a lasting impact on its sales and revenue. Oh boy, you'll love to see it. According to data by Bump Williams Consulting and Nielsen IQ, provided to Newsweek, in the week ending May 20th, sales volume, the number of units of beer sold declined 29.5% compared to the same period last year. With sales revenue down 25.7% on the same week. Here's what I'm going to do. I didn't have this planned, but we're going to shout it out. Everybody, head over to castbrew.com. Support non-woke companies. We sell coffee. We got Rise with Roberto Jr., Ground, and Whole Bean. Go to castbrew.com, and you can buy our coffee because we're sponsoring ourselves. And we launched this because we're building coffee shops. Because we are going to win the culture war by building coffee new products and new businesses that believe in American values, meritocracy, personal responsibility, individuality. And we're going to set up coffee shops around the country where people can hang out and share those values. Go to castbrew.com, buy your coffee from us. Join the Cast Brew Coffee Club. Subscribe. You get three bags per month at a discounted price. K-Cups are coming soon. And soon we're going to sell a lot more. And uh, uh, hopefully, if you work in an office and you guys need to order your weekly or monthly coffee supply, you you buy it from castbrew.com. And start giving your money to people who don't hate you. Because you look at companies like Bud Light. They had every opportunity to apologize and they did not. Casper.com, support us, support people who don't hate you. And we're going to sell some coffee and we're going to expand. We got a whole bunch of really great projects here. Take a look at this story. I mentioned it briefly this morning. Target Bud Light investors lose billions on marketing misses. Target and anheuser Bush have lost a combined $28 billion in market value. And here's the article I love so much. From the New York Intelligencer. Bud Light, Target, and a new era of corporate caution. Mm, my oh my. Why is a New York mag writing about this? Well, it's simple, my friends. The boycott worked. Listen to this. NY mag is no conservative publication. Most corporate boycotts are more bark than bite. So when a perpetually aggrieved network of right wing media figures singled out Bud Light for partnering with trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney, many assumed it wouldn't have much of an impact on the company. But the campaign against Bud Light has shown staying power, seriously denting the sales of the number one beer. We know this. To get a better sense of why the campaigns against Bud Light and Target have uh, have been successful uh, in a new era of reactionary backlash. I love that. I spoke with political scientist and management scholar Daniel Deremeyer, who has written extensively about corporate image making. He writes, when I first heard about the Bud Light customer boycott, I assumed it would have no little uh, little to no impact effect like similar efforts in the past. Instead, it has delivered a major hit to Bud Light sales and it's shown no signs of slowing down. ABC News put it this way, consumer boycotts typically fizzle. This one is expanded for an array of reasons. A hot button political controversy, outcry from political figures and celebrities and amplification on social media. How unusual is it for a campaign to be working this well? And do you think those factors are why it's been so successful? Diermeyer, Deermeyer says there are boycotts throughout history that have had a major impact. A very famous one is the Brent Spar case in the 90s when people boycotted Shell in Europe over an oil storage facility. So it's not that uncommon for them to be successful, but usually they're not. It's very hard to predict which ones will succeed in advance, and we have a tendency to look for specific reasons that explain it. But the underlying issue is really the following, that these things either take off or they don't, and if they take off, they become a self-fulfilling prophecy, where activity creates media coverage, media coverage makes more people aware of it, and then they get more involved. I, I actually agree with that. I called it the self-fulfilling prophecy. The Bud Light effect is going to eviscerate the, the stock market cap of these companies. Let me break it down simply. Person, let's call him uh, John, owns Bud Light stock and Target stock. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
3: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumpacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today
0: and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prices. ChumpaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The news breaks about a controversy, and the Bud Light, the Anheuser-Busch stock stagnates. And he's like, well, you know. Then he sees Miller & Coors spiking by 20%, and he's getting frustrated. Then the stock goes down erasing all of his gains for the year. And he gets angry and says, if I just sold, the media said nothing would happen. They were claiming it was no big deal. And now I lost 15%. Then along comes Target. Target news breaks. Do you think John says, I'm going to wait this one out. Maybe the targets. No, there's no brand loyalty to a stock or a share. Unless you're like a big fan of the company, that's why you bought it. For The average person, they're like, I think Target's uh, shares will go up. Well, now you're sitting there like, look, if a Target share is worth X dollars and uh, the share of this other box store is also worth X dollars, why sit on the stock that has negative press sell and switch? Then what happens? That sell off triggers a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now the price is going down. Then the media reports on it says the price is going down. Then more people start to panic, saying, what? The price is going down, just like Bud Bud Light. So they start selling like crazy. Now you've you've created the Bud Light effect. Now, do you think someone holding stock, when they hear of a pride event happening at that company, is going to want to sit and wait around to see if their stock collapses, or are they just going to jump ship now? This is the cascade effect, the Bud Light effect. They say, there's plenty of cases where social media was involved and if public figures were involved and didn't have much of an impact. So I would be cautious about assuming that we are having a very good understanding of why this one was successful. He wasn't to ask. You could say it's easier to foment a movement on social media than it was before, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't to mention that Bud Light didn't do itself any favors. First, the CEO issued a statement saying we never intended for it to happen, blah, blah, blah. You get the point. They didn't really go into great detail. The reason I highlight this article is simply to point out. Leftists in the corporate press are saying it worked. It worked. Let me stress that for you. Why is it so successful? Bang. There it is, my friends. But it's not over. Oh, it's not over. Boycott uh, boycott. target rap climbs. Take a look at this one. Bud Light and Budweiser haven't tweeted in over a month. as backlash over trans influencer continues since April 14th. Yeah. It's working. Target is reeling. There's been some crazy instances instances. Now, like the boycott's really the way to do it. You vote with your dollars. But I think with the rise of companies like publicsquare.com, check out PublicSquare, we're big fans, where you can search for businesses that share your values. With what the Daily Wire's been doing, with, say, Jeremy's chocolate and Jeremy's razors, we are building alternatives and making it easier to boycott these companies. What's that? Your coffee company may be woke. Starbucks, perhaps? Hmm. Just buy from castbrew.com. That's our coffee company because we're in the same game. You know what I'm going to do? I want to I wanna launch a sandwich shop because sandwiches, mm, I love sandwiches. We're going to build more companies. We're going to build more physical locations. And we are going to say, if you don't like what that company's doing, we offer you the alternative. We're banding together and it's working. I got bad news for you though, my friends. I got bad news for you. Brace yourselves. I know you've already seen the title of this video, so you know, and you've been waiting with bated breath. Chick-fil-A hires VP of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Twitter says it's going woke. I am a huge Chick-fil-A fan. We would buy Chick-fil-A periodically. We have, when when we, we do our big Fridays here with the, with the company, order a bunch of food, a bunch of sushi, a bunch of burgers. What do we get? Sometimes we do a big order of Chick-fil-A because it's delicious because they have great chicken, and for a while they had good values. But now, I will never order Chick-fil-A again, mark my words. Now look, don't get me wrong. We order local for the most part. Fast food restaurants like Chick-fil-A, these are sole-owned, they're franchises, but my understanding is that Chick-fil-A only allows for one one company or person to own one store. Chick-fil-A hired a VP of the death cult. Here's Chick-fil-A.com. Chick-fil-A Inc.'s commitment to non-harassment and diversity, equity, and inclusion. The new God. Do you know what D-E-I means? It's Dei. It's the singular for Deus. It means God. That's what they're literally saying. It is a religion. A cult, as it were. And they've now got their cult in Chick-fil-A. When has a company ever hired a priest? Did Chick-fil-A have a chief Christian officer to come in and espouse Christian morals and values? They didn't even do that, did they? Now they have a DEI officer. Here's what y'all need to do. Stop buying from Chick-fil-A. Send them an email. Let them know. Say, you know what? We used to come here all the time because you were, you were a good Christian establishment, but now, now we won't. You must. You cannot let Chick Fil A go. Now's an opportunity. The news is breaking just now, but they've got this uh, this cult guy, this uh, Eric McReynolds, a cultist, a a serious uh, deranged cultist. I have no problem saying that because he's a he's a day uh, a death cult proponent. They call it day. I call it die. Diversity, inclusivity, and equity. Diversity, inclusion, and equity. Die the die cult. They want to hire this guy. Fine. Why would I give them any money? That's it. Chick-fil-A, you're done. This is brazen and overt. And if we are going to call out Bud Light, we're going to call out Target, then we absolutely must not tolerate what Chick-fil-A is doing here. You can't do it. Here's a story from Alabama.com. Is Chick-fil-A going woke? That's the reaction on social media now that the popular restaurant, has reports on its website that Eric McReynolds is the VP of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Chick-fil-A restaurants have long been recognized as a place where people know they will be treated well. Modeling care for others starts in the restaurant, and we are committed to ensuring mutual respect, understanding, and dignity everywhere we do business. You see, I'll tell you what happened. Chick-fil-A was trying to make money, and they were Christian. And then they donated, what do they donate to, Like like the Boys and Girls Clubs of America or something? The left protested. And Chick-fil-A said, Christians don't care and do nothing. And the left is protesting. Cater to the left. For the most part, it worked. The right complained in Hemden Hall a little bit, but the right typically did nothing. So now, when faced with external pressure only from the left, they say, they they drop to their knees in front of the death cult and say, I will do whatever you tell me. (laughs) Buy Chick-fil-A, ain't buying your garbage anymore. No, I'll admit it. Your food's good, but your values are garbage this is garbage. And you know what? Garbage in, garbage out. You want to go full cult? Fine, so be it. And I wonder if Chick-fil-A can really handle something like this. I know they're trying to expand Chick-fil-A's into big, dense urban populations, but fine. You want to be the diversity, equity and inclusion cult restaurant? You've done it. You've embodied it. You are now this. The left wanted to claim you were religious. Nah, you're cultists now. They say the tenets are good business practice and crucial to fulfilling our corporate purpose. The mm. establishment makes it makes it known. The corporate purpose is to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us, to have a positive influence on all who come into contact with Chick-fil-A. The site stresses one of our core values at Chick-fil-A Inc. is that we are better together when we combine our unique backgrounds and experiences with a culture belonging. We can discover new ways to strengthen the quality of care we deliver to customers to the communities we serve, and to the world. We understand that getting better at together means we learn better, blah, blah, blah. Many are debating the idea that Chick-fil-A's Christian values may or may not support diversity, equity, and inclusion. One person says many of the responses to him are that they thought Chick-fil-A had Christian values. Apparently supporting diversity, equity, and inclusion is anti-Christian. Fascinating take. It is. DEI is n- d- does not represent the words in and of themselves. Day is the cult. And it's a specific thing. Wokeness, diversity. Do they support a diversity of worldviews? Of course they don't. They attack you if you disagree. Do they believe in equity? No, they believe in authority from major corporations and corporate power. That's not power of the people. Do they believe in inclusion? Of course they don't. They, they espouse racial slurs all the time. So of course, Christian values do not equate with these Nasty ideas. Someone said, why would you do this? You are supposed to be a Christian company. You should be caring what God thinks above all. Because they don't care. Amused tweet: sadly, Chick-fil-A is embracing day and ESG after being co-opted by race and trans activists, who made it impossible for the organization to reflect the Christian values of its founder. Marxists won't allow belief in Jesus Christ. And here's a picture for, I don't know where it's from, but it's drag queens eating Chick-fil-A, surrounded, surrounded by Chick-fil-A products. I know Chick-fil-A is delicious, but you know what? Is Taco Bell woke? I don't know. Just don't go to Chick-fil-A. I I know Chick-fil-A's quality is pretty good. It's Time to go somewhere else. I hereby call on Jeremy Boring to open a chicken sandwich restaurant. Good luck, sir. I mean, maybe we can do it. Look, man, I wish we had more resources. It's not about money. It's somewhat about money, but it's really about mental capacity. Because we're trying as hard as we can to move things along, but it just takes time to build. We want I want—I thought this coffee shop was going to be open way sooner, but we got to do construction. The floor has got to get taken out. It could take a year. I wish we had uh, better means of getting this done. We may be, now it is, it is, I will say, we probably could buy a lot and do a pop-up faster because we're, we're fixing this whole historic building. It's massive. And we've got multiple floors and a couple different businesses will operate from it. Perhaps we could put up a steel frame building, insulated, and then just make a chicken sandwich shop really, really quickly. Maybe we've got to do something like that. I don't know if we have the resources right now. That's the thing. But I would love to get to that point where I could one-up Jeremy Boring. He wants to launch a razor company. Let's start building fast food chicken sandwich shops. I mean, it. I'm not even kidding. Jack Posobiec and I were talking about doing Papa Jack's Pizza Shack and bringing back that good, you know, that wholesome place where you'd sit down with your family, salad bar, and you'd get pizza, and they'd have the rewards for you know reading books and stuff like the book and stuff that still exists, I'm pretty sure. But Pizza Hut's become a, an outlet in a mall, like a shopping, a, a strip mall. No more going with the family to Pizza Hut. We got to bring that stuff back. We got to build and bolster family and community, and that's what we're going to do. Bud Light may be collapsing. Target's taking a big hit. Next up, Chick-fil-A. I'm sad to say it because I love Chick-fil-A sauce. We bought a bunch of Chick-fil-A sauce. I think we have it downstairs. No, I can't support it. I mean it. I mean, I'm I'm genuinely like, you want to embrace the cult? Fine. The day cult? I'm not. Tell your friends. Tell them seriously. Let's make the Bud Light effect. Let's make it law. And I mean like physical market law, not legal. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Crime is getting worse. That doesn't mean it's the worst it's ever been, but it's getting worse. I have a Twitter thread for you. I've blurred the images because they are fairly graphic, so you can't see them. But this is a man who is mercilessly beaten and hospitalized after trying to save a woman who is being beaten by who he believes is her boyfriend. He was put in the hospital. And despite all that, he says he wants diversion programs. He wants restorative justice, a cult ideological claim. Restorative justice is a meaningless buzzword. Jails, imperfect. The prison system, fairly broken. But I can tell you this. If the best we can do is take someone who attempts to murder other people off the streets and lock them up, then it's the best we can do. I do believe we can start to do better But the idea of releasing them into the public doesn't seem to make sense at all. This man goes on a document, the very serious injuries that he's received. How he can't see and needs a GoFundMe to help him. Uh, His eyes are healing. He says, if the guy is caught, my hope is to get him into a diversion program for some serious anger management backed by probation to outprotect women who get involved with him for the injuries done to me. I want restorative justice to share my own early struggles with anger to maybe help. Restorative justice, they say. Well, let me tell you about restorative justice <clears throat> and diversion programs. From Bill Malugan of Fox News, he tweets, LAPD arrested a man for stabbing the neck of a construction worker, nearly killing him. Despite a prison recommendation from probation department, L.A., D.A. George Gascon's administration agreed to give him diversion. Instead, he is now charged with murdering his neighbor last week. You see, I don't believe the left actually thinks people can be saved. I think they are trying to release dangerous people onto you and your communities. I think that's what they're genuinely doing. There's no way you see an individual tries to murder someone and you say, we should let him go. There's no way you get mercilessly beaten and say, "Nah, it's fine. He can go unless you are trying to unleash that onto your enemies. It's like the idea of uh, dropping a bunch of rabid animals in an enemy country or wasps or bugs or something like they're bad for everybody, but send them your enemies' way. And maybe that's exactly what's happening now. Bill Malugan says Stephen Sutherland was arrested for assault with a deadly weapon with GBI in November 22. Is that Georgia Bureau of Investigation? GBI. I don't know that. Would, no, with GBI in November 2020, he felt the worker made too much noise. Probation Department recommended prison, warning in writing that he was violent and was a risk for future outbursts. In 21, he received mental health diversion. Sutherland is now charged with fatally shooting his upstairs neighbor, Jennifer Gomez, multiple times in her own apartment last Tuesday. LAPD found 19 shell casings at the scene. He previously men- uh, confronted her about noise. Fatally shooting her shell casings? Are they implying dude took a shotgun? You see, this is why you, like, you got to know what you're talking about, okay? Because there's shotgun shells and there's bullet casings. And if you're talking about bullet casings, like a nine millimeter or something, okay. But if you're saying dude went up there with a shotgun with 19 shells, that implies either dude's got like a KSG-25, 20, KSG-25, is it? Or He reloaded his shotgun several times, 19 casings, even then still implies some kind of weapon he was using. He had to reload. This guy, that's crazy. Gomez's family has had up a GoFundMe. Bill says, I reached out to LADA office and asked to ask how it made any sense to give mental health diversion to Sutherland for a violent felony that nearly killed a man. He was released for community treatment and was not in a lockdown facility. Part of their responses below saying A court-appointed psychologist deemed him suitable for the treatment program. And our prosecutor agreed to the defense request for mental health diversion. The court approved the treatment plan and deemed the defendant safe for community treatment. We are saddened by the most recent allegations, and our hearts go out to the victim and those who loved them. He says this is the second diversion gone wrong in L.A.'s story history we've been tipped to recently. Last month, we report on a woman with violent history of using knives in assaults, who received multiple diversions, no prison time, then was arrested for stabbing murder. Our live Fox News report this morning on the tragic case, and then they, they published it. Dude, you know, look, I understand wanting to stay in cities and try and uh, maintain some maintain some control. I understand there are people who can't leave. the The one argument I heard is, you know, guy said he got divorced. His kids are here. He's not going to leave him. I said, "Okay, you're you're right. You're right. And there may be circumstances I don't quite understand as to why people do stay. I do think a lot of people are putting it off because it's too hard. Yeah, but it's unfair to those who genuinely can't. So I, 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 I understand and respect that now. I think that if you're in these cities, we'll do our we need to do our best to support you who are trying to stop the madness. Mike Cernovich tweets. People claim Twitter isn't real life, but it is. All that stuff, Ishlib say, would be funny, except it's happening in real life and innocent people are dying because of it. Twitter is real life and the videos we see on Timeline on Timelines every day exist and represent reality. It's a horrifying reality. Leighton Woodhouse says Oakland, welcome to the Terror Dome. Showing a screenshot from this one who says Parks Boulevard, Adams Point, Diamond District, these are the neighborhoods that have been voting for these lax policies and mealy-mouthed Oakland politicians, Lockwood, Brooklyn, Sobranti Park, Funktown, the bottoms. We have been begging for more police, stiffer sentences, and cameras for years. Now y'all purses being snatched, y'all babies being shot, y'all houses being invaded, and now it's a crisis. Funny. News flash. The blacked out BMW that robbed you yesterday has been sitting on my street causing mayhem in my neighborhood for five years. Nobody cared and never made the news. When the mayhem was contained to the killing fields. Now the whole town has a target on its back. Welcome to the terror dome. Here, here. These uppity, liberal, well-to-do types voting for chaos and destruction. Let me show you the classic. Let me pull it up here. Pull up the old classic image. You're gonna love this one. It'll take you back to the uh, the days of the uh, summer of love. Chris. Martin Palmer, saying, burn that ish down, burn it all down, and posting a picture of a building being destroyed. Then later, he said, they just attacked our sister community down the street. It's a gated community, and they tried to climb the gates. They had to beat them back, then destroyed a Starbucks and are now in front of my building. Get these animals the F out of my neighborhood. Go back to where you live. This is evil. They're evil. It's a cult. I am not using those words lightly. No, I'm not saying if you humbly disagree with my personal opinion, you're in a cult. I'm saying when you rally for psychopaths to destroy blindly, you're a cult, you're a zombie. Oh, no, they're at my house now. Zombies. I look at this building that's being burnt to the ground. I don't know what it is. But as somebody who is working towards building studios, I can only imagine that there's just some dude who who owns a company, who built it up, and maybe they make t-shirts. Maybe the big factory is a big t-shirt company, or maybe they make crackers. Why was it destroyed? I'm not talking about that building specifically. I'm talking about any of these industrial buildings. What about that guy in Minnesota who had a sports bar? His dream come true. He worked so hard to open a sports bar. It was his dream. And they burnt it to the ground. Destroyed everything. The dude raised like a million bucks on social media, so I'm glad to hear it. The summer of love was chaos. It was death. It was destruction. And they cheer for it. And we end up with stories like this. Robbers use knives, not a gun. A 60-year-old man walking to his car. Robbed and stabbed. Toddler and stroller hit by bullet shrapnel in Oakland. Sledgehammer breaking. Man, I can't even read all these. There's so many. 63-year-old attacked, nine-person robbery crew, ages 12 to 17. A couple weeks ago, I was skating over in Hagerstown, Maryland, and I was told by the locals there there's a gang that goes around robbing people. They can't do anything about it. I said, the police won't do anything. They said, no, of course not. The cops show up and they're like, we're not getting involved. And just watch as this gang beats and robs somebody. Why would you want to live in a place like this? They vote for it every single day. I was talking to a friend the other day, and I said, here's what's going to happen. One day, these people are going to wake up with a knock on their door, and there's going to be some oddly dressed individuals with armbands, and they're going to say, you're a, a, a wrong thinker. You You oppose our initiatives into the van. What? Into the van or else. And you will be detained. One of these days, These people will be sitting in their living room and a stray bullet will go through the window and strike their child. And they'll say, how did this happen? Because they keep doing it. They keep demanding more and more and more. One of these days, a regular person who opposes this and is fighting it will face the brunt of what these people have wrought. We got to speak up and change it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. Donald Trump has announced if elected, he will end birthright citizenship of children of illegal immigrants. It's a bold claim. Some say it's impossible. Others say it is possible. He failed to do it in his first term. But I do believe he will likely be able to pull this off in his second term. And I believe it's the right thing. It is insane to me that we are one of the only nations on the planet. It's like three that someone can be a tourist Give birth, and we're like, you're a citizen and entitled to everything everyone has to offer you. It's like, wait, wait, wait hold, hold on there a minute. The person's not a citizen, not subject to our jurisdiction. They had a kid here. I do agree that in general, someone born here should be a citizen. I also think we need to set restrictions in law as to what it means. If you're a tourist here on a temporary visa, no. Perhaps if you are a legal permanent resident, Yes, I don't think the answer is so simple. Just to say but just just to be like, if your parents aren't citizens, you're not a citizen, right? I think there's issues where I don't know. We, we go middle of the road route. Someone who enters the country legally, legally, then uh, they're here legally, living, working, and they're just not citizens. But they have a kid. That kid, yeah, I mean, maybe that makes sense. Well, let me know what you think. What doesn't make sense? Someone illegally crosses the border, breaking the law, then immediately has their kid. And now that kid's a citizen, then they deport them all. The kid turns 18, comes back as a citizen and then sponsors their family to come come across the border. The system doesn't make sense and doesn't work. If we are all pitching in and paying taxes, taking tests and, and hold, upholding our social obligations, how can we allow anyone just to come here without doing that? Here's the story from The Daily Caller. Former president and 2024 presidential contender Donald Trump pledged to end birthright citizenship for the children of illegal immigrants in a video posted to Twitter Tuesday. Trump vowed that on his first day in office, if he's elected president, he will sign an executive order that the children of illegal immigrants won't be eligible for citizenship, according to a social media video. A wave of illegal immigration began. We get it. We get it. It's all the things like this that bring millions of people to our country and they enter our country illegally. My policy will choke off a major incentive for continued illegal immigration deter more migrants from coming and encourage many of the aliens Joe Biden has unlawfully let into our country to go back to their home countries. They must go back. Nobody could afford this. Nobody could do this. And even morally, it's so wrong, Trump said. Now, there are questions about this. Birth tourism. I think it's a bad thing. Can he actually do it? Here's the video. I'll just play a quick snippet for you. Agenda 47 Joe
3: Biden has launched an illegal foreign invasion of our country, allowing a record number of illegal aliens to storm across our borders from all over the world. They came under Biden's current policies, even though these millions of illegal border crossers have entered the country unlawfully, all of their future children will become automatic U.S. citizens. Can you imagine they'll be eligible for welfare, taxpayer funded health care? the right to vote, chain migration, and countless other government benefits, many of which will also profit the illegal alien parents. This policy is a reward for breaking the laws of the United States and is obviously a magnet helping draw the flood of illegals across our borders. They come by the millions and millions and millions. They come from mental institutions. They come from jails, prisoners, some of the toughest, meanest people you'll ever see.
0: Now, I believe that's politicking right there. Some of these people are just economic migrants. They're like, hey, you're gonna have a kid, go to America and have the kid. If they can get across the border and have the kid, or I mean, in some cases, they can probably bring a a newborn child across the border and claim it was born in the United States. What do you do? How do you adjudicate this? I bring you now to birthright citizenship in the US from Wikipedia to break down exactly what this is. The 14th Amendment citizenship clause says all persons born or naturalized in the United States." And subject to the jurisdiction thereof, are citizens of the United States, and of the state wherein they reside. Here's where it all comes comes to a head. Many of these pro-illegal immigration individuals, well, they never call it illegal immigration. They call them migrants and asylees because they're lying to manipulate you, tugging on your emotions. They argue that the Fourteenth 14th Amendment, 14th Amendment covers them and they're automatically citizens. It doesn't, and it's an insane interpretation of the Fourteenth Amendment. Illegal immigrants aren't subject to our jurisdiction. They're subject to the jurisdiction of their home countries. They make the argument that as soon as you cross the border, you're subject to our jurisdiction. That's only technically correct because we have a right to defend our country. If you're not a citizen of here, though, and we detain you, a foreign country intervenes and supersedes or attempts to. So if someone from, say, Honduras illegally enters the US, they are subject to Honduran jurisdiction. We would typically deport them back to Honduras for that reason. If they have a child, that child is not subject to our jurisdiction unless we just decide under the 14th it is, creating a circular logic. But it makes no sense. Why do that? The point of this was that, let me me read a little bit. The amendment overrode the Supreme Court decision in Dred Scott v. Sanford that denied U.S. citizenship to African-Americans, whether born here or not, and whether a slave or a free person. Pursuant to the 14th Amendment and the Immigration and Nationality Act, a person born then and subject to the jurisdiction of the U.S. automatically acquires U.S. citizenship, known as just solely right of the soil. This includes the territories of Puerto Rico and the Marianas, Guam and Northern Mariana Islands. They say there's also uh, um, just sanguinis, sanguinous, I believe it is, the right of blood. What this was pr- supposed to do was that in this country, there were slaves. They were subject to U.S. jurisdiction, meaning no other country had jurisdiction over them. They weren't citizens anywhere else. And when it came to questions of law, police could apprehend slaves and things like that. It's horrifying. I'm glad we did away with all that, as most people are. We did the right this country did the right thing in fighting a civil war, which ultimately destroyed a horrifying institution. Then after these uh, and, and mind you, Dred Scott was I think it was pre-Civil War. Uh, Dred Scott was uh, 1857. is pre-Civil War. The Fourteenth Amendment was adopted because they were outright saying no. These people were born here. They're citizens. Bang. It was never meant to imply that anyone could show up, have a kid, and that kid's a citizen. It was always meant to imply that people who were born and lived here were citizens. It specifically was referring to people who were slaves. In fact, it even denied Native Americans. They mentioned this here. Let me see if uh, uh where, where where do we have it here? They mentioned that um here we go. Birthright citizenship was later extended. The subject uh this the quote subject to the jurisdiction thereof clause excluded Native Americans living under tribal sovereignty and US born children of foreign diplomats. Birthright citizenship was later extended to US born Native American subjects by the Indian Citizenship Act of 1942. I mean, I'm sorry, nineteen twenty-four. They would say if you're a foreign diplomat and you come here. And then you have a kid with your wife or your wife or you are the woman and you have a kid. That kid is not a citizen because you are subject to a different jurisdiction. How does it change all of a sudden when the person enters the country illegally? It makes no sense. I believe under this interpretation, Donald Trump could actually just come out and say, no, from now on, you are not a citizen just because you were born here. Okay, I believe it's very likely that that will be the case. It'll be challenged, of course. The Supreme Court may just uphold it. I don't know. And we'll see. I imagine like Roe v. Wade, it will go through a series of trials. It'll take a year or two. And then finally, we will be hit with a bang. And they'll say no more. This is the first step in restoring community to this country. We cannot just have people who don't share our values randomly showing up. It doesn't make sense. We need sound policy as it pertains to citizenship what it means to be a citizen. And I believe we need some civic responsibility for those who intend to vote. I think, uh, what was um, Vivek Ramaswamy saying? He was saying something about a civics test for people 18 to like 25 or something like that. I don't, I don't think a test makes sense. The idea he had on the Culture War podcast we were, when I was talking to him was that once you sign up for selective service, you get a voter ID. I mean, that's a really good idea, actually. You don't have to sign up, but men and women, if, if you want to vote, you have to. I think it's a great idea. Men and women can be like, I ain't signed up for selective service. Then we go, OK, that's it. The only requirement is you do. It's a really, 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 really good idea. It's very simple. Mo- all guys have to anyway. So now you just say anyone who expects to vote should be signed up for, for a selective service. I'm not a fan of the draft, but at the very least, you'd get a whole bunch of lefties be like, I ain't signing up for that. OK, well, you don't have to. You just don't vote because you're not Engaging in civic responsibility to this country, everybody else should. And I think Vivek was saying something like there should be no expectation of a draft. And I'm like, no, it's it, maybe there will be. But if the country is only only people who sign up to be drafted can vote, I think this country would do a whole lot better. I don't think I don't like the draft. I think the voluntary uh, volunteer military is better. But I understand sometimes it may may be you know when you're facing an existential crisis. At this point, the country is so fractured, namely because of the 14th because of the citizenship clause specifically. It creates a bunch of different pocket communities that don't care about each other, and thus nobody wants to defend each other. We can't function that way. We'll see if Trump could actually pull it off if he gets elected. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.